Welcome to Impact, a podcast ministry of St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Middleton, Wisconsin. Impact features interviews with gifted Bible teachers that will help you better understand Scripture so it will have a greater impact on your life. The host of Impact is Mark Jenstead, the Staff Minister for Nurture at St. Andrew. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening. This time that you are spending with God and His Word is time well spent. We're back for more Revelation with Pastor Eric Shazer. We'll talk to Pastor Shazer again in just a moment. Let's first begin with a prayer. Dear Lord, you are our rock and fortress, our guide and our only hope. Look on us as we open your word and plant your truth deep in our hearts. Amen. Here's our email address at impact. It's impact at saint-andrew-online.org. You'll hear that again at the end of this episode, and you can use that email address to email me your feedback, any questions you might have. And then also, folks, please share impact with others. Maybe you, you can think of a friend or a family member or a coworker uh, that might enjoy this podcast, and, and they too then can gain a greater understanding of God's word. And I appreciate you doing that. So Fox Valley Lutheran High School, Pastor Eric Shazer, welcome back to Impact. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you having me on again. Part two, Revelation, uh, the, the beasts. Last time, the beast out of the sea. This time, we'll talk the beast out of the earth. Before we do that, I have a question for you, Pastor Shazer. Okay. So you told me you were a pastor last week in Des Moines, Iowa, and, and now you've been here for 22 years, years, yeah, roughly. Yep. I would imagine, though, that you still get a chance to preach on Sundays from time to time, right? Yes. Okay, so... It seems like when I ask my guests this question, it trips them up. Can you tell us something about the last sermon you preached? Like like what the text was or what the theme was or where you <laughs> preached? Oh, I can tell you where I preached. Uh, it's been really interesting here in the Appleton area. We used to, when I first came, we were preaching. We had four pastors here at FEL. We still do on staff here, and we could preach every Sunday of the month uh, because, you know, guys needed a break or were on vacation or... But a lot of the congregations, the Lord has blessed immensely. And so now all these congregations that just had one pastor, a lot of them have two, three, four. We've got some with five. Uh, so we're not quite in uh, demand as much uh, as we used to be. Uh, but I also, I enjoy so much being able to go to public worship with my own family and sit with them. And as they start to move on and move out of my house, it's, you know, I know those days will be gone sooner than I'd like when all my kids are out of my house. So uh, last I preached up at uh, St. John's uh, Sturgeon Bay, outside rural Sturgeon Bay, up in Dora County. So St. John Valmy, uh, what was, I remember what my Bible class was about, is about Proverbs chapter 3 and then Proverbs chapter 5, and my sermon was about, oh, I can't believe this, that, that, you, it's, that I can't remember. It's, I, it's amazing, just about everyone I ask can't remember. Yeah, because you, <laughs> so you, you do join it. Join the club. And you spend so much time, <laughs> and then you go, on to, you go on to the next one, and you know, I was obviously looking through Revelation 13 just to make sure I didn't disappoint you today. I'm sorry for and, putting uh, you on the spot, I just no, thought it would be fun to ask. No, I should know, and I'm hey, trying to think. Well, if you think of it, you let us know. I will, I um, will. 
So we're in Revelation chapter 13, folks, and I'm going to read verse 10 and get uh, Pastor Shazer to comment on verse 10. So here we go. It says, if anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity, he will go. If anyone is to be killed with a sword, with a sword, he will be killed. I presume that's, that's persecution against God's people. And then it says at the close of verse 10, this, what we just talked about, this calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. So there's the comfort, there's the encouragement. In spite of what may happen in terms of persecution, stand firm. You asked the question when we were off air, you know, is this comfort? And the simple answer is yes. It is comfort for God's people. That's sort of revelation. He says, here are some of the things. There's a lot of good things, but there's a lot of bad things Revelation talks about. And for us as Christians, not to be afraid or not to be scared, but finally, this is where the rubber meets the road. Do we believe what the Lord says? And imprisonment, death, persecution, all part of God's plan of salvation for the people receiving this, whether it's modern-day Christians, uh, that's how the elect are going to reach their eternal goal. You know, the Lord, we talked about this in Old Testament, in uh, my Old Testament uh, high school freshman class, um, God orders death for everybody, for you and me too, for believers. He decides when, how, and that's this reminder for us is however it happens, this is God's plan, and this is how you are going to reach your eternal home. I guess I have before we get back into the text here, um, a big picture question again about Revelation. So today, in the 21st century, the church, the Christian church, is under attack. I mean, there's persecution worldwide, and it's it's in the United States, but it's it's much worse in many other parts of the world. But it's no worse than it was back in the first century. In the second century, the first readers of, of this revelation were under tremendous pressure to turn away from Christ. And so you said this, this book points that out, but it also, it also points out, uh, gives the encouragement and the comfort that we receive by staying in Christ. I think what you said is so true. We have uh, one of my colleagues described it as a pillow Christianity here in America. It's comfortable, and we can be comfortable. And I've never once worried about coming to Fox Valley Lutheran High School and getting arrested. I'd never worried once about going to church at my home congregation or preaching somewhere. Never worried that I was going to be in harm's way because of persecution. Uh, the persecution we face is different, maybe a little more subtle, seems lately, but again, it doesn't change much, maybe a little more overt and open. Uh, but there are Christians in other parts of the world who, as we sit here comfortably and speak, they are being killed for being Christians and being severely oppressed and, and mistreated for being Christians. So this is the kind of thing that is happening. And you mentioned the uh, first century. You know, these, these Christians here in Revelation who received this letter, uh, you were either in or you weren't. It was very difficult to be sort of a wishy-washy, sort of half-in, half-out Christian. Uh, you were either in or you weren't because it 
could be very dangerous. So the Christians, they were serious about their Christianity. And unfortunately, sadly, a lot of people bailed on it because it was just too dangerous. It's not worth losing my life for or anything like that. So that's what persecution can do. It can really push you in that direction of being very serious about your faith because it's dangerous. Pick up on another thing you said there. We'll eventually get to the text, folks. <laughs> you said uh, people would leave Christianity because it just wasn't worth it, but it is. John writes, John writes in Revelation 2, be faithful even to the point of death for that crown of life. It is worth it. It's easy for you and I to say, sitting here, I talk to my, my students about that. I say, I'd like to think that if it came down to that, uh, I wouldn't abandon my faith, but yet I have never been faced with that situation. And again, we could get into the semantics of denying faith. Are you just sort of denying you are a Christian just so you don't get in trouble, or are you truly abandoning your faith? You know, that's a whole other conversation we could have. I'd, I'm sure, Mark, you and I would like to think that we would stand up in the face of death, but I don't know. I've never been faced with that. Would I, would I wimp out like uh, Peter, denying he even knew Jesus? And then I'd have to come crawling back to the Lord uh, in, you know, in repentance. Um, I don't know. Well, I, I, I appreciate your honesty. Um, I guess where my mind goes with that is if you and I did not reject Christ and we did subject ourselves to whatever would come, it would only be because of God. It wouldn't be because of me or you. It would be by God's grace that he would give us the courage, the faith to stand up. And that's where being in his word and growing in your faith that we were talking about before is so vitally important because it's not just persecution that can cause a storm in your life. All the other things that happen in life, whether it's illness or, or the death of a loved one or you name the stressful situation, those are all things that can undermine our faith, and that's why it's so important that you trust, you know, you don't have Jesus, you know, the Bible, when it talks about weak faith, it's not talking about believing Jesus as your Savior or not, it's talking about all the other promises of God, and those are the ones that we struggle with when things aren't going the way we want or we think or whatever. Does the Lord really mean that when he says he'll be with me? Does the Lord really mean that when he says he won't give me more than I can handle? Because I'm thinking, this is too much for me to handle. Okay, folks, back in Revelation chapter 13, uh, verse 11 says, Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. So the first beast out of the sea. Here's another beast coming out of the earth. And this one, it says, Pastor, that uh, it looks like a lamb, but speaks like a dragon. What's the point there? This is, again, that connection. Some of these uh, same features are found on the, the, the devil when he's described as a dragon with the seven heads and all that. Like the first beast had the seven heads. The devil masquerade, because seven is uh, God's plan for the earth. So why does it have seven heads? Why did the first beast have seven heads? Because that, that idea of masquerading, the Bible tells us that the devil masquerade, masquerades as an angel of light. So that's one way that the devil gets us to try and think, 
you know, hey, this is really God's will or God's plan. You even think to the devil in the Garden of Eden, same thing. You know, he tried to get Eve to just doubt just a little bit what the Lord has said, had said and had promised. Uh, for us, so now the the two horns, again, two, the number in Revelation is faithfulness or like faithful witnesses, something can, can be trusted. That's the idea. This beast wants to be trusted, but then it's super obvious when it says, but it had, but it's like the dragon. So it has two horns like the lamb, like Jesus. It appears to be Christ-like is really what this is saying, but obviously what's underneath the surface is the dragon, the devil part. So that's what it's talking about there. So it sounds like false teaching, false prophet. Yeah, uh, appearing to be good and on God's side, but really not. So who is it in our world that appears to be good, appears to be on God's side, but really isn't? Sounds like you're talking about the church. Do we have, yes, the uh, described later on in Revelation chapter 17 as uh, the great prostitute, so that great unfaithful, the unfaithful or the corrupt church, we'd use that term with uh, first beast, corrupt government. So now here, that idea of the corrupt or the, like a prostitute is not faithful to any one person, the same thing for the church, not faithful to God. So this would be false teachers and, and things like that. And ultimately, we could get into a discussion about uh, the Antichrist, too, if, if we have time. Okay, so so what this is telling us, and this and the, the verses that follow, is that is that the devil, the devil has his hands, he's working inside the church. I mean, it's it's one thing if the devil's working outside the church, but it's another thing if he's in the church— stealing souls, robbing people of salvation in the church. That's that's scary stuff. And I guess we're, we keep coming full circle back to that's why we need to be in the Word. Because Satan's in the church, active, and he's after souls. Yeah, using as his tools people who are presumably, or at least appearance-wise, in the church to spread. The main thing, if you think about, Mark, if you think about every religion in the world, uh, what's at its core? Salvation by works, right? Is If you do, other than Christianity, if you do enough good, whatever, you know, spirit, spiritual plane you're on, if you do enough of the right thing, you will be rewarded in the end. You will be in a better place in the end. So that is the, the main deception of this beast, salvation by works. And you mentioned the term antichrist. So let's, let's go there. Sure. Uh, this, this says, I'm reading verse 11. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast on his behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. So that's just verses 11 and 12. And then I've studied this before. I'm, I'm so thankful you're here, uh, Pastor Shazer. Uh, I don't know if, if you want me to call you an expert on Revelation, but you're certainly more of an expert than me. I have in my Bible here written uh, Antichrist with a question mark. So at some point when I studied this, somewhere along the line, I read or heard from someone that this could be a reference to the Antichrist. So... 
Tell us, Pastor Shazer, what, what's going on here in, in chapter 13, starting at verse 11? And I think uh, this beast out of the earth is, as we said, that corrupt church, and what comes out of the corrupt church is the Antichrist. So you get a little hint at it here when it talks about the uh, miraculous signs and wonders. That's a direct connection to uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where Paul talks about the man of lawlessness used in the same exact way. And you think of the various... As we talk about the Antichrist, you think of the various things in Roman Catholicism where uh, the, the miracle signs and wonders, I mean, there's just example after example after example. Uh, Revelation chapter 17 says this Antichrist has imprinted on her forehead the word mystery. And that's really what this is about, is this mystery. Her, her true identity is a mystery. She appears to be one thing, and yet... What she really is about, people don't realize. And so that's that's where this fits into that, is the the corrupt church. So the church, these are, uh, you know, connected to Jesus, supposedly, but yet their intention and what they're what they're spreading isn't faithful to God, isn't faithful to His word, uh, and is leading people away, away from salvation and away from Jesus. And that's why, uh, the Lord tells us about this in Revelation. That's why Paul did that in Second uh, Thessalonians. It, he was Thess that Second Thessalonians. This was part of his Bible information class. This was part of his basics as he's teaching these young Christians uh, about God. Is he's warning them uh, about you know false teaching, uh, the corrupt church, and ultimately uh, the Antichrist. And it mentioned in there uh, the verse about the beast leading uh, everyone to worship the first beast, this beast leading others to worship the first beast. You think back to the intimate relationship that really sort of started, it did start with Constantine between the church and government and how ultimately that followed through in the Middle Ages and they were they were intimate with each other and using each other. And Revelation 17 says the governments of the world will turn on the Antichrist. And we see so many examples of that, especially throughout the Middle Ages, uh, of that very thing happening. So this is all a part of this, this beast. I go back to thinking of these words, and I don't remember if these are words of Jesus or if they're words of Paul or both, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. what this is. Yeah, appearing to be, and that's why that verse, uh, you know, there have been some different uh, maybe translations or slight changes, and there's a lot of discussion about there not being a, uh, uh, a definite pronoun there, like the, but really what it's saying is the two horns like Christ, but speaks like the dragon. So speaks the devil. At the end of the chapter, uh, there's a verse here that's getting a lot of play in our world today. Verse 16 says, He, that's the beast of the earth, also forced everyone small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead, so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of, or the, or the number of his name. So that verse there, um, what, what's that all about? Unless you have this mark, you cannot buy or sell. And people are saying today that's with, with 
no more currency, right? We won't have currency. And so we won't be able to buy or sell unless we've got this, this, this mark, this chip in us. Well, Mark, what you have to remember is what kind of literature is Revelation? It's apocalyptic. So it's picture language telling us the future, which we're living in. And so how's the Lord speaking? He is speaking figuratively. It's obvious he's speaking figuratively. So he's not talking literally about a chip. He's not literally talking about like currency, like that's the only thing. Uh, but you think of, again, getting back to uh, the corrupt government and the corrupt church, uh, how they work hand in hand, and you think some countries you have to be loyal to whatever their their propaganda is, and, or, and you can't, if you don't or aren't, you can't get along, you can't make it, because they are demanding that you follow the, you know, the government's platform. Uh, you think of countries where Christians are discriminated against, and it's a lot more difficult to run a business or have a business, and uh, you think of the Middle Ages where uh, the church did the trying of heretics or so-called heretics and things, but who did the dirty work? Most of the time, it was actually the government that did the dirty work, the actual killing. Uh, so that's what that's what these verses are talking about: is the uh, economic pressure that that governments and and uh, both these beasts can put on put on Christians. And the last verse of the chapter says, This calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is man's number. His number is 666. A lot's been made about the number of the beast, 666. What can you teach us about its meaning? Uh, I did some some more digging because I knew we were going to talk about it. Uh, the 666... Uh, it's just the the three times just sort of emphasizes it, and it's that number of imperfections, so really stressing that it falls short of God's plan, uh, that it is not God and not godly. Uh, but there are some interesting ideas out there. Uh, Irenaeus, who was an early church father that we talk about briefly in church history, he, uh, he came up and uh, letters had value. Uh, back then, so there was like a value placed on different letters. Uh, and so the word Latin would, if you put a numerical value to those letters, would end up with, you'd end up with 666 is what I ran across. I'm not saying that's true, but it's just interesting that connection to, if in fact that's what it's talking about, is that connection to Latin, the Latin language, Roman Catholicism, and ultimately the, the office of the papacy. But uh, probably just, just that uh, 666, that imperfection, that falling short of God's plan. And, when it, and it's mentioned before, uh, you know, when the people have the mark of God, you know, he's not talking literally a mark of God or literally 666 on your forehead. It's just you're a believer or an unbeliever. That's what Revelation is describing. All right, I want to go back one more time and just get a clarification from you. Uh, so if in, I don't know, five years, 10 years, 20 years from now, we live in a cashless society, which is conceivable, right? I, I think it is. You know I, more about it than I right. do. <laughs> I, I'm trying to stay, uh, I'm trying not to worry about that. Yeah, so. okay, so... so 
that I guess you just answered my question. We, we don't we don't want to worry about that. Is that some um, fulfillment of Revelation chapter thirteen? I don't believe that we, so. that we need the mark. Yeah, and, and so so we can't buy or sell without the mark. And so if we don't have any cash, then we need the mark to buy and sell. But the mark is the mark is as a sign of Satan. I, I think that people have that fear. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think people do have that fear, and I think that's one of those, again, you need to take a look and understand what is Revelation about. We have to be very careful about, there are some things that it, the details are very, very obvious to us as you look at the rest of Scripture, uh, but we have to be careful about coming up with details that the Bible doesn't really speak of, and again, looking at this and remembering exactly what the Lord's talking about. This is picture language. So he's not talking literally about some sort of mark or chip. That's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about the governments and and obviously then the, the corrupt church and the way that they oppress and come after Christians. That's what he's talking about. And for us as believers to avoid avoid the mark of the devil is to remain faithful to the Lord. That's what the Lord is is warning us against and encouraging us to. I was going to ask you a question in episode one, and, and it was one of those, uh, can I say a senior moment? As I'm aging here, I, I have more and more <laughs> senior moments, and I forgot the question halfway through I your answer. To, I, won't I, I just remembered it. You, you mentioned at the beginning of the first episode that uh, some people are, are intimidated by revelation, and I've seen that. I myself sometimes, would, I would say that about myself. I, I am a bit intimidated by this book. At the same time, there's a real fascination with this book. Right? Do, you, do you see that uh, it, from your high school students, this, this fascination with the book of Revelation? I think more, most are sort of intimidated by it because they look and they go, I have no idea. I don't quite understand. I definitely don't understand what this is all talking about. So it's an awesome opportunity I have to walk through that, walk it through with them and take a look at the rest of Scripture, always comparing things to the rest of Scripture. And remembering that there's a lot of books and a lot of ideas out there about what Revelation really says, when in fact that's not what Revelation says at all. So I think as Christians, we have to remember what is the Lord's, what's the message here? The message of Revelation chapter 13 is clear, that the devil is going to use, um, he's got, we as the church have two main enemies uh, other than the devil, and he's going to use these tools to try and come after us. And we have to be super careful about trying to read too much into some of these descriptions, remembering that it's picture language. And would you agree with this, that we do understand the big picture of Revelation, as you've made that very clear, but then there are many details, or some, I don't know if I'll say many, but some details in Revelation that we have to just look at and say, we just can't be sure. Yeah, I just I, can't be sure. I would agree. There are some details. Most of it is pretty obvious. There are some details that we have to be a little more reserved about, and not, you know, put a, a stick or a flag in the sand and say this is exactly what it's talking about. Uh, but there's all sorts of ideas out there, you know, about America and Revelation and all this. And I'm just very honest with the kids that. It, Revelation does not specifically speak to America and what's going on here or or anywhere else. Now, in general, are we a part of the fulfillment of some of these prophecies? Yeah, along with a lot of other countries, too. So, yeah, we have to be, be reserved about a, a few, some of the details in Revelation. Uh, 
But remember, what's the big picture? What is the Lord trying to tell us here? Here's what's going to happen, and it might even be scary. Don't ever forget, the Lord is with you. The Lord is, uh, you know, walking with us. Jesus walking among the lampstands in chapter 1. That picture, the Lord is with us, and the Lord wins. That's the message of Revelation. We'll close there. I, I feel like I could ask you a hundred more questions. And while I have you here, I kind of want to, but uh, we'll, we'll close there with Pastor Shazer. And thank you very much for sitting in uh, this podcast uh, the last two weeks. And uh, maybe we'll have you back again and do more Revelation, or we'll do something else. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. I appreciate the opportunity. And this, uh, again, anytime you do something like this, it gives me a chance to dig into it even more deeply. So you can always keep Keep learning from God's Word. That's the beautiful thing about it. Very good. And I'll close again with this verse from Revelation chapter 19, folks. Hallelujah. For our Lord God reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. God bless. Thank you for listening to Impact, a podcast ministry of St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Middleton, Wisconsin. Our email address is impact at st-andrew-online.org. That's impact at st-andrew-online.org. Please tell your friends and family about Impact and pray for this ministry. Impact is new every Monday and all past episodes are available. The better you understand scripture, the greater impact it will have on your life.